What's up, everyone? You're listening to The Roz Project. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host. On this podcast, we discuss entrepreneurship, personal development, family, tech, and marketing. This podcast is for those of you who are looking for life-changing advice and ways to thrive digitally with your business. And as always, all content is 100% real, raw, and unfiltered. Today, I have another special guest on the podcast. And if you've been following the podcast, you will know that I don't just bring anyone on the podcast. I'm excited to have David Tao from barband.com. How's it going, David? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to excited to be here for this this real and raw conversation. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, as we were kind of chatting before we kick things off, you know, I was talking about the real and raw format because, you know, one of the things that I've seen in the podcasting world is just there's too much scripting. You know, there's too much. Hey, follow the 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 path and don't you know veer away from it. And I feel like that loses the human element. I feel like that doesn't have a really personal touch to it. So, let's go ahead and start off with tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, uh, your background and you know what led you up to Barben. You know, let's yeah. talk also about that. Yeah. So I was born and raised in in Kentucky, Central Kentucky, to be specific. So uh, a little bit of my background there, a bit more of a rural upbringing than where I live now. I live in, in I'm coming to you live from our office in Dumbo in Brooklyn, New York. So a um, bit different there, but uh, after in college, always thought I wanted to be a journalist. So that's kind of like what I wanted to pursue. Ended up doing that for a little bit, but then was quickly kind of pulled to more of the entrepreneurial side, worked for some content startups, particularly in the wellness space, was a content consultant for a number of years. So I spent a couple of years working one of those jobs where I was consulting for all these big companies that were trying to do content or make content a part of what they did. And I was on the road for like more than half the year and just bouncing around from convention to convention, from location to location. Got a little tired of that, to be honest, just felt worn down and ended up kind of reestablishing roots in New York. Met my business partners actually on a consulting project we were doing for the University of California system, the university system, and um, kind of had, had this idea for barbend for a while because I love strength athletics. I was a strength athlete myself for a while. Fitness is a big part of, of what I do in my lifestyle. And I really wanted to start this resource for strength athletes and strength sports and for people who might just be interested in getting into strength training for the first time, but wanted a professional outlet for that. News, video, podcasts, op-eds, you, training advice, you name it. And so we kind of kicked around the idea for a while. We came up with the name. It was kind of like in a stroke of, oh, barbed, that's perfect. I wonder how much the URL costs. It was only three bucks. No one had it. <laughs> and that was almost four years ago. So that was in, you know, around March of, of 2016, we launched and bootstrapped for a while, ended up raising a, a round of seed funding about a, around a year in, became the official media partner of USA Weightlifting, which is a sports governing body in the, in the United States since then we've worked with all sorts of, of brands and governing bodies in strength sports. We were one of the official partners to live stream the CrossFit Games in 2019, and we've grown our staff. Now we have editors, writers, videographers, graphic designers. Uh, we have the Barbed Podcast, which we launched last year, which is, has grown a lot quicker than we thought. And so right now we're a resource for all things strength and uh, lucky to be doing what I'm doing, but I, the, the road was very circuitous. Let's just 
Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to latch on to that. First of all, congratulations. You know, it sounds like you've, you know, fucking skyrocketed overnight from what it looks like. And that's amazing. You know, I, I get very excited when I see entrepreneurs kind of find their rhythm and their groove of something that they're really passionate about and just completely skyrocket. So let's talk, let's, let's talk about that. You know, a couple of things I, I, I want to ask you is, were you always entrepreneurial? Like at what point, you know, was it like you woke up and you're like, hey, you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur? I think I, I never considered, I never thought about being an entrepreneur professionally until after college. But I, I think that I was, I was always the, the, the kid, even in middle school or high school, where I would like start new extracurriculars like there'd be an extracurricular activity that I would see at another school or I'd hear about and we didn't have it at my school. So I would start that. I'd like go to the, the principal or like the PTA and get funding for it. And be like, Oh, let me use this classroom. And, um, and so I was always doing that sort of thing. Right. I was always like starting extracurriculars, but I didn't identify that as entrepreneurial. And I didn't think that I wanted to get to be an entrepreneur until, until well after college, I thought that I wanted to go be a reporter for an established magazine or publication, which is initially what I did. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to be like, work my way up the chain at one place. I wanted to, you know, start working for like a time magazine and work my way up from staff writer all the way up to senior editor by the end of my career. Um, but what I really loved doing in high school and college was starting extracurriculars and starting new things. And it took me a while to come to the realization that like, Oh, maybe that's going to be a part of my career. Maybe I don't want to slowly work my way up the totem pole at, a, at an established legacy publication. This also happened to be at the time when magazine journalism and print news was like really on the downswing. So, you know, wasn't looking like there'd be much of a future in that 10 years ago. So uh, sure. it was also kind of like jogging me be like, okay, what's the reality of this? Those positions that you always wanted to work your way up the ladder for, they may yeah. not exist by the time you get there. Let's be honest. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Well, the reason I was asking the question is just that, you know, I'm always curious of how people start, right? Because I mean, yeah. there's really, I think, two different kinds of entrepreneurs to say is the ones who uh, are very passionate about something like they've always had this drive about, hey, I want to do something, you know, extraordinary, you know, and then there's the people who are like, hey, entrepreneurship is the next best thing to slice bread. So let's, you know, be a fucking entrepreneur and go out there and, and you know, uh, create whatever uh, a front face on social media. And I'm an entrepreneur, right? Because in the reality of things, that's the two different types of entrepreneurs. So like, how, so that led you up to bar band, right? Like, like you showed interest to, to entrep entrepreneurship and you knew you wanted to do something. You were always involved in the extracurriculars. How did that come together, the whole bar band thing? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I always, I was really into strength sports. And I, even when I was no longer competing in strength sports, I always wanted like news and analysis. Mm -hmm. And I wanted one place to go. And as social media grew, you know, more people were, these strength sports were growing. The growth of CrossFit made weightlifting and powerlifting and strongman more popular. But there wasn't this central resource, and I was always looking for it. And I thought, it's got to be out there. I'm just not finding it. But it really didn't exist. So then I started thinking, well, I've helped some media companies in their early stages. Maybe I should just found one. And it was when I met my, my, my business partners, and we were able to kind of pool our resources and our different bodies of expertise when I was finally like, oh, okay, now's the time to pull the trigger because 
I had worked for startups before, right? I had worked for early stage companies, but it, it, it was, you have to find that perfect storm of the right idea and the right resources, right? Because I think everyone's got really good ideas. I think, I think most people in their lifetime can come up with like a billion dollar idea. It's all about the execution and oftentimes getting it off the ground is the hardest part. Like, do I have the resources? Yeah. Do I have the time? If you're working in an existing job, right, to support yourself or your family, or you have these other responsibilities, like how do you go full bore and really devote yourself, mind, body, and soul to a new company, to an early stage company? It's tough and not everyone that opportunity doesn't just come across the table for everyone, right? You have to do, it, it's, a, it's a combination of working to create that opportunity and having a bit of luck. In my case, it was meeting my business partners and finding those resources. Yeah, and that, that's an excellent answer. In fact, I was actually about to ask you, and I would love for you to elaborate a little bit further on, you know, what, what lessons would you advise other entrepreneurs that are just really getting, you know, deeper into, you know, like you said, most people have billion dollar ideas. In fact, everyone's got ideas. The problem is, is, is nobody really goes for the implementation, the execution. Right. Nobody really, you know, has the, the follow through. Nobody has the persistence, you know, to say, I'm going to get the fuck up and change my life and be so devoted and committed and passionate and persistent about it. So what advice would you give you know, to others that, you know, are, have this maybe billion dollar idea or they've been in the entrepreneurial space. Like what have you learned in your own journey? Well, sometimes it's going to be a slow burn, right? Like, you know, you mentioned earlier, Barbin as an overnight success. I really don't see it that way. We, we've had a lot of growth in the past few months, like 2020 has been a great year so far for Barbin, mm -hmm. but it's almost four years old. And we had periods where it didn't feel like we were growing at all. And it was more about, can we keep the company sustaining itself so that we can get to a point of more rapid growth? Um, some companies, you know, they, they are Facebook or Snapchat and they take off overnight and they grow and they're, you know, massive billion, billions of dollars uh, companies. But sometimes a company has a lot of potential. It will go, grow, go through a period where you're like, wow, growth is really coming slow or growth might not even be existent right now, but we got to figure out how to keep the company going so we can get to that next level and we can get to that opportunity to grow. So sometimes really good companies with a lot of potential will go through a period of, of very slow growth or no growth that is just going to happen sometimes because there are, might be factors beyond your control and you just have to kind of weather the storm to get to that next opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned the slow burn because I, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't understand that entrepreneurship is a marathon. You know, yeah. either way you look at it, whether you start a brand or you take this wild idea, which to most people, it's a wild goose chase run. And then you kind of run with it, you know, as nonetheless, it's, it's, it's a marathon. In fact, most people that have talked such as yourself, you know, they'll say, you know what? I mean, you could go four or five years and never really gain any traction. You know, shit, you can even go 10 years and not gain any traction. It just really depends on a lot of different things. You know, it depends on the market. It depends on your idea. It depends on your follow through. There's just so many different dependencies. And that's exactly what I'm hearing from you. It's kind of like, you know, after you hear things so many different times from so many different entrepreneurs and successful people such as yourself, you kind of go like, oh, shit, you know, maybe there's this constant here that entrepreneurship is a long term endeavor. When in fact that I think, you know, in this digital world that we live in, like if you were to look on Instagram, you know, there's all these self-made gurus, you know, taking pictures with the Lambos and this and that. And but 
the reality of their worlds is nothing like it. Right. It's just, so I, I'm glad that you talked about that. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, uh, technology. Um, you know, what part has technology, you know, uh, played in your business and just as a whole? Well, it's interesting because I think from the outside, what we do seems a little bit low tech, right? Because, you know, we are, we're just a content company. We produce stuff on platforms. We're not building, we're not building YouTube, right? We put stuff on YouTube. Mm -hmm. We're not building Apple podcasts. We put stuff on Apple podcasts. Sure. Um, technology for us isn't necessarily about reinventing the wheel, but it's about optimizing, right? So SEO is very important for us. Showing up in search rankings is very important for us and making the site usable is very important. So for us, the technical element, and we're very fortunate to have a, a fantastic in-house technical team. It's more about, okay, can we optimize what we have? Can we be best in class for that user experience and on these platforms? Because if you have a slow website, it's going to impact your rankings. People aren't going to want to come back to it, right? So no, we're not like, we're not developing cold fusion here, right? But we do need to constantly keep up to date with what are the best practices? How can we improve that user experience? We're constantly tweaking, constantly planning redesigns. Um, mm -hmm. It's a never ending process. And I think you can't really think of it in phases anymore. You can't think of it as like being complete anymore because it never really is. Construction's always happening. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I wanted to elaborate upon that because, you know, optimism and positivity and pivoting are so, so important in entrepreneurship and from a business standpoint. And uh, you just mentioned that, that, you know, the, the website, the brand is, is a constant work of, work of art. It's a constant work in progress, uh, I should say, where, you know, you're just building on pre-existing layers and it's like building a skyscraper, basically you know, to hopefully one day you kind of reach, reach the top, which you may never reach that top because you're right. constantly evolving. And <clears throat> I think also another thing that you talked about, there is relevance to the marketplace yeah. and how important that is because you talked about search, you talked about visibility and as someone who has, you know, strong background in that, I agree now more than ever because you got to have that visibility. You got to have that provide the, the discovery to your end users because if you don't, you know, they're not going to find you. They're not going to have that experience. Um, let me ask you something else, you know, uh, with Bar Ben, obviously, you know, in the fitness and the health and wellness space, you know, there's just so much competition. Uh, what have you found with Bar Ben that has helped you really grow as a brand? Yeah, I think the fact that we can be authentic, we're four strength athletes or people very passionate about strength athletics, you know, four people who are passionate mm -hmm. about strength. Um, you know, we are people who have experience in this. We eat, sleep and breathe this stuff. We don't just love writing about it. We love doing it. We think it's for everyone. So the fact that it's part of our lives and it's, it was part of the life of everyone on our staff, even before they, for most of the people, pretty much everyone actually, before they started working here, it allows us to bring that level of authenticity because it's something we all were involved in even before it was our day job. Right. And, and people, people understand that and, and they can see that. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I was asking that question is because I always am curious about, you know, how people perceive their brand and what yeah. makes them unique, what makes them more authentic, because, you know, the, the fitness space specifically in health and wellness, you know, is growing massively right now. Uh, in fact, uh, from what I've been hearing is this, there's this huge shortage for trainers, fitness trainers, and, you know, there's this huge untapped opportunity. Problem is a lot of people are not jumping on that. So you feel like you guys are kind of filling in some of that in terms of education and community? 
Yeah, I, I feel like we are filling a, a need. There's a desire out there for, for both community and content. And I think we're touching upon both. I think we can do definitely do more to touch upon the community aspect. And I think we can do a better job of that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd say, say we're definitely filling, working to fill those gaps. Okay, very cool, very cool. So what's next for Barben? I mean, what are you guys looking to do in 2020? We are looking to grow more cross-platform, so we're investing heavily in video and podcasts. Obviously, written is, is uh, what we're very good at, and we, and we will continue to produce great content there. But expect more podcasts under the Barbend brand, uh, as well as more video series under the Barbend brand and some cool partnerships with other media outlets. Very cool. Very cool. Well, David, I mean, this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. You know, I, I truly enjoyed learning about what you guys are doing. Sounds like you got a great thing going. Um, you know, before closing, you know, how can people connect with you out there if they want to yeah. reach you for a convo? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, for Barbend, it's easy. It's barbend.com and we're at Barbend on most social media platforms. Personally, I'm D underscore Tao on Twitter. That's D underscore T-A-O. And then on Instagram, I'm at David Thomas Tao. So you can reach me on either of those platforms as well. Awesome. David, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me today.